Happy New Year to all of our mysterious foodies out there. Yes, happy 2019 MFs. Welcome to Game of Books, where we talk about wine, food, and mysteries. All the things we love. I'm Christy, and I'm here giving you my South Florida perspective. And Kathy gives her South Dakota perspective, which I'm imagining is downright frigid right now. (laughs) It is, actually. (laughs) This morning it was... 27 below wind chill when I woke up. Oh my goodness. Yes, but Friday we're getting some uh, warmer weather. So this Friday when our podcast comes out, it'll be, it will feel pretty balmy uh, for South Dakota. It might even hit uh, 40. So the low 30s are low. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's when South Dakotans take off their coats. Yeah. Well, just imagine because it's going to be double that down here. We have a high of around 82, I think, on Friday. So actually, today's pretty darn hot, too. The pool's pretty busy down there. Well, we definitely are starting out the new year with very different writing uh, environments. Yes, we are. And And you know what? I wonder if weather matters in our writing productivity I mean, kind of like how they have sleep studies that tell us the best sleeping environment is. Mm. Maybe um, we should do a study on writing environment. That's really interesting. Yeah, you know what? I I think I would love to hear from our listeners on their most productive places to write or work. I mean, they can tell us on our Game of Books Facebook podcast um, group. So what do you say, MFs? Uh, Can you write us with your favorite places or temperatures or whatever things that make you feel the most productive? Then maybe we can share them next week on our podcast. I love that idea. I'm anxious to see what everybody has to say. So uh, check out our Game of Books Facebook podcast group. That's a a mouthful to say. I mean, we could even try out some of the different ideas we hear. I love hearing different things. Yeah. Yeah, like... Like we could, you know, I could go back to my science days and we could do like a real study. <laughs> then um, we could write a book and then maybe make the rounds of all the talk shows. And I, I think we're going somewhere with that. With, what do you think? With all of our MFs joining us, for sure. That's that's great. <laughs> if I didn't know any better, Christy, I think you were already sampling today's wine. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Not yet, but I'm ready. So why don't you tell us what wine you chose for your mystery food scenes? Okay, I'm very excited about this. Okay. This is, today we are sampling the J-Lore Cabernet Sauvignon. It's their Seven Oaks variety of Cabernet Sauvignon. Yay, Cabernet! <laughs> I know, I picked, I thought we'd start out the year with both of our favorite wine. And I, I will say this is not my first time trying this wine. This is a, a very common wine for me to have around. Oh, so. okay. So. But, I, but it pairs very nicely with the novel I chose today. So I wanted you to try it out. Okay, well, I'm going to have a sip right now. Yeah, so take a sip. And I'll tell you what we're... Take one little sip and I'll tell you what we're tasting here. Mmm. This is, yes, this is a California winery. Mm-hmm. And this particular Cabernet has aromas of black currant, blueberry, and cherry. I'm trying to smell it in my new wine glass from Christmas. I'm like, hmm. I guess it is. So, and what's pretty. interesting is the, it says those fruits are accentuated by hazelnut, cocoa powder, and dark roasted coffee. Isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah, because those are some of my favorite things. Yeah. Uh, anytime, anytime a wine says hints of chocolate, I get it. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it says what's interesting about this wine is they say that it's a 
I don't know a lot of this wine language, and I'm excited to be learning more and more about it. Mm -hmm. But it says the structure of the wine is both dense and soft all at once. And I, I do kind of get that. It's very drinkable, but it's it's not a light wine by any means. Interesting. That's kind of hard to put, wrap my mind around. Mm -hmm. They must have a good writer on their website or something. I think so. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to tell you about the um, winery. Okay. The J. Lore Wines were founded by Jerry Lore. It's a family winery. Okay. And Jerry Lore is very well known around here in South Dakota because he's from South Dakota. Oh, really? Yes. And he still has a farm that he visits every month in South Dakota. And he actually attended SDSU, which is in Brookings, where I'm from. Oh, cool. Um, he got an engineering degree. Yeah, it's really interesting. He got an engineering degree here. And then he um, went out to California after college and started work as an engineer. Mm -hmm. But using his farming roots, um, got really interested in winemaking out Very there. Very cool. And so bought some land and truly started this winery using his farming background. And I think that's so interesting. Yeah. Kind of a, a big change in careers. Oh, and yeah. what's really impressive is his winery is one of the top 10 family-owned wineries oh. in the nation. Wow. Out of 8,000, there are 8,000 family-owned wineries in the United States. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yes. I know. I was completely amazed by that. And did you know he was from South Dakota before you researched this? I did. I did. Okay. That's why I had asked you to, um, if you could find this down in Florida, I wanted to discuss this with you because it does go with our book today. Oh, yeah. Well, now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. So the, the reason I know about him specifically is because not only did he go to SDSU here, but he's a, ma a major, major donor and supporter of the school. Oh. One of the uh, really well-known majors at SDSU is engineering, and the College of Engineering is now named for him. He has given so much money oh, to the wow. school. Yeah, he's really, he does amazing things. Have you ever met him? I have not, but my parents have. Um, many of our friends oh, have. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's very present. Um, he's just very much around, which oh, is okay. it's really cool. And this Cabernet is um, their bestseller, mm -hmm. the Seven Oaks Cabernet. They have a few other varieties of Cabernet. Yeah, I noticed that because I've heard mm -hmm. of, you know, I've had Jay Lore before, but I looked at, when I looked at the bottle, I was like, did it always have Seven Oaks written on there? I don't remember that. Yeah. And the region is, um, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, so I almost hate to butcher it, but above, on the label, above Cabernet Sauvignon, it, it lists the location from where the grapes are. Paso Robles. Yeah, you, that, yes. that, you can't butcher that. That was sounded great. <laughs> I was scared, but I did okay. Um, but the um, Cabernet is, this this particular Cabernet is half of their production. Oh, wow. It's their best-selling wine. That's a lot. Yeah. So anyway. Well, we'll help them out. You know, we're going to drink some today. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> I'm sure there are many families in South Dakota that had some Cabernet from j -Lore over the holidays. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm pretty wiped out from all the holidays. I mean, it was fun, but it was pretty busy, and I'm ready to crawl back to my desk and get writing, but I, I need to get better organized. So I think that's going to be my New Year's resolution, to get better organized. Organization? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I like that. That's a really good What one. about you? Do you do resolutions? I, or You know, I... I do definitely think about the year past and what I'd like to see happen and accomplished in the year going forward. Mm -hmm. I try to do more goals or habits that I need to develop to achieve the goals than I do resolutions. I don't, right. I don't like the big, like, I'm going to lose, 
you know, no. a thousand pounds. Well, I think I, I feel like I, I, I do resolutions all year long. I mean, I just don't yeah. always stick with them, I guess. But that, And that's the hard part. And I really, um, I've been reading some mm-hmm. that um, really the best way to accomplish change is to develop new habits and small little steps. So okay. I am definitely doing that. And I'm working still on a theme for the year. I'm going to give my year a theme with one oh. verb, but I'm just not sure what it is yet. Well, so. I think, I mean, I just seem like I have so many resolutions anyway. You know, like I say, organize, but then at the same time, you bring up, oh yeah, improve my diet, exercise. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I should have monthly resolutions. Yeah. You know, I did actually do a little monthly map of the year. Oh, did you? No, you I really so did. You are so organized. I did, I wrote. I, I'm trying. I I do like or. I like organization. That just appeals to mm-hmm. me. But I instead of like, here's where I want to be 12 months from now, I did really think about what I need to accomplish each month to get there. Oh, okay. So well, then I should I follow done, your I've lead. I've done some thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a good way to go. Well, but the wine will help us for sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> De- definitely can't make a resolution of giving up wine. That's the only thing we can't do. Uh, no, we cannot. But that's okay. Yep. Anyway, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear about your book now because now that you've led up to this um, association with Jay Lore and I'm, I'm picturing this, you know, farmer from South Dakota that <laughs> walks through the vineyards. And... There you go. <laughs> it's, it, uh, okay, so I, without further ado, I will tell you that I chose this week a book from Lee Child. Oh. Called The Midnight Line. Oh, yes. Lee Child, one of your favorites, I know. He <laughs> he is one of my favorites. I really admire his work. and I think um, you should tell your so story. So this is the Jack. <laughs> no. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, we might have to do that. Okay. But um, So The Midnight Line is, oh. this is his 2017 book. And it is, so it's out in hardback and paper book, paperback. Uh-huh. And I really liked it a lot. It's a great Jack Reacher, you know, thriller. So it's part of the series? The Jack part Reacher of the series. series. Okay. And if you've read any Jack Reacher novels, you'll know that at the beginning of the book, he generally takes um, the next bus to the next location. And just, he's a, a wandering soul. <laughs> and he um, takes the next bus and it takes him on to the next adventure. And this time, mm-hmm. it took him in kind of my neck of the woods. He got on a bus and the bus stopped for a, a break in Wisconsin, which is, pretty you close. and I both have been to yeah. Wisconsin last year. <laughs> yep, pretty close. Christy and I met in Wisconsin for our listeners. We went to a conference last summer. It'd be fun to tell everybody about that. Yeah, sometime. the poli- the Writers um, Police Academy. Yes, Yes. That was fun. So um, he's (laughs) taking a walking break. It was fun. And he sees in a um, window of a pawn shop a ring from West Point, like a class ring. And he went to West Point. Hmm. And so he was really taken aback to see a West Point class ring in this pawn shop because he thought, you know, West Pointers really work hard to get that ring. Oh, yeah. And he just couldn't imagine someone letting it go. Right. And so um, then he also notices that it's really a petite ring. And so it's clearly a women, a woman's ring, which makes it, you know, even that much more difficult. Right. And so he's got this very intense sense of military obligation because mm-hmm. he used to be a, a military police officer, if anybody doesn't know. About yeah, Jack I don't Reacher. I don't know a whole lot. So, yeah, you can. So the character Jack Reacher is an ex-military police officer. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of skills and a lot of talents and he keeps kind of falling into these 
mishaps, I guess, and he has this real sense of justice. So he's like, um, he's like a rogue. Like nobody hires him, or he's not working for anybody. Right, he okay. just takes on these things himself. Right, okay. and so he gets this determination to find whose ring this is because he can't imagine what circumstances would have allowed someone right to give up a, a West Point um, class ring. So the first clue as he's meandering through this situation is takes him to South Dakota to my home state. Oh, cool! So hence my J. Lore connection. Mm-hmm. Um, Perfect. And he ends up in Sioux Falls. And and then he ends up on the other side of the state in Rapid City. And that's when he starts think, finding this kind of criminal enterprise that is connected. And I won't give anything away because it's fantastic. Okay. But as he's searching out this woman, mm-hmm. he finds another investigator who also happens to be looking for the same woman. And so they start working together and they find themselves involved in something very nefarious. Hmm. But what's really cool is that he does a great job of describing... The South Dakota and then into Wyoming landscapes. These really long pieces of land, you know, where you won't see anybody for miles and miles. This is not something you probably see in South Florida, I would imagine. Oh, no, no, no. Unless you're like in the middle of the Everglades, but you're not just, you know, that's not easy to be, so. (laughs) Right. And But it reminded me very much of my um, husband's family's ranch out in the Black Hills because... Mm-hmm. Um, his mother is out there and she, you know, her next neighbor is miles and miles and miles away. I mean, not visible. They're so far away. Wow. And so this whole novel really um, focuses on how easy it is to hide out in these rural areas. Um, oh, yeah, I imagine, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if no, if you don't have any neighbors, I mean, who's going to know you're there almost? Right. And, and there's always, you know, there's all these unmarked roads that just, go through the hills somewhere and you have no idea mm-hmm. where it ends or, you know, who's back there. And so he just does a great job of describing that mm-hmm. and just the vast open space. And he describes the night sky where, you know, the, the stars are so intensely bright because there's no city lights to, you know, dim them. Right. It's really, really does a that's, good job of describing cool. that. So one of the things I also like about Jack Reacher novels is he's very utilitarian. You know, he, he only wears the clothes on his back. And then he dumps them and goes mm-hmm. to Goodwill and gets another, and he carries his toothbrush, and that's all he carries. Are you kidding me? No, he's very, very um, <laughs> minimal and utilitarian. And he also is that way with his approach to food, I'm sorry to say. So it's oh, yeah, silly that probably. I would pick it for a food scene, but I had to because it's like almost the absence of big descriptions of food. Right. Because he doesn't. He just doesn't do things that way. And as a matter of fact, there's a scene in this book where the people he's traveling with and they're investigating this stop um, at a, like a deli. And Reacher says, eat Mm -hmm. when you can, because you don't know when the next chance will come. And that's it. Like, there's just no, it's just very sparse. (laughs) And it's just a, it's a means to an end, you know? And uh, so. that's funny. The only two real food scenes in this book are, are that way. And one of them is, he orders in a pizza to a hotel he's staying at. Okay. <laughs> I thought to myself, if I was traveling in the conditions he was traveling, mm-hmm. I would not be satisfied with just pizza. I would need some wine also. Oh, yes, of, of course. And what goes good with pizza? Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you think. <laughs> I see, and I knew you'd agree, because this is what you would do too. But he, um, he ordered a double, I think, extra pepperoni with anchovies. And I, Ooh. have you ever had anchovies and pizza? 
Uh, yeah, but I'm not crazy about them. I mean, you know, I'm like, no anchovies. I've never had them on pizza. My dad would, my dad always orders them and he puts it, but he gets it on the side. But because they're just really, really salty, you know, and I'm not really salty. Yeah. Yeah. You need, you need some water maybe. Or or beer with that instead (laughs) of wine. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and it's interesting because there is a scene in this book where he's talking to a witness, I guess, and he's, he's saying to her that he, um, you know, his drink of choice is coffee. It's always coffee. And as a matter of fact, Lee mm-hmm. Child has a his own brand of coffee I found on his website. Oh, really? Yes. So Jack Reacher Coffee? It is. It little I think it might be Lee Child Coffee. No, really. I'm not sure. I think yeah. And, okay. and and he said on occasion maybe a beer. But then he even he kind mm-hmm. of talks down to this woman and says that she'd probably order some weird kind of white wine. <laughs> so <laughs> I can tell you that I do not believe Jack Reacher would approve of my suggestion for his pizza right. but that's where i decided to go with it so well yeah. fine yeah so anyway it's a new day and age <laughs> <laughs> but i really this is um a great lee child book and i did um some research and found a lot of uh commentators i guess or reviewers thought it was his best to date which was very, oh good I well think- then you know because i really haven't Read, I don't think a Jack Reacher. I, I I'm picturing Tom Cruise, and I know that everybody who reads Jack Reacher does not picture Tom Cruise. So right, um, I must not have read the book. Well, and you know that's um, changing now. So did you know this? That I think it's Netflix. No, Our, he's doing a series on Netflix, I believe. And he actually wrote a mm-hmm. he, Lee Child wrote a, a I guess explanation to his uh, readers on his website that. While he really enjoyed Tom Cruise and the two movies that they had done, mm-hmm. um, people really did have a problem because Jack Reacher described in these books is huge. Right. Like they describe his um, knuckles as the size of walnuts. Oh. Which I was like... That's pretty big. How big is... Yeah. <laughs> I had some pretty tall men in my family and... Um, yeah. I But I don't know that he didn't have knuckles the size of walnuts. Well, Lee but, Child is a tall man, too. He is a tall man. He is a very tall man. Yes, because we've um, met him in person. So I... <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you don't have to, so but what, I mean, it's really cute. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. So I really admire Lee Child. And one of the things I really admire about him is that he, at mid-career, at 40, um, got fired and decided to try his hand at writing. So it wasn't, oh, wow. you know, a, it wasn't a choice that he sought after. It was kind of a reactive choice to his circumstances. And obviously he's done quite well. Mm-hmm. I read in an interview getting ready for our podcast today that someone somewhere estimated that one, uh, there's a Jack Reacher child, Jack Reacher novel sold approximately every 13 seconds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is amazingly successful and very inspirational. It's amazingly <laughs> successful. And he's very supportive of other of other uh, writers. So, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, Christy and I were at Thriller Fest last summer in New York City. Mm-hmm. And we, we were in the middle of Pitch Fest, where you pitch your novel to agents, and it's just kind of intense. It was very intense, yes. <laughs> it is very intense. I needed to gather myself after a couple pitches. And so I stepped into the bookstore that had been set up. And it was uh, empty, except for me and Lee Child. (laughs) I so wish I'd have been there to watch. (laughs) Oh, 
I guess the clerk was there because she actually commented on it to me. But I always thought that if I met someone I really admired like this, mm-hmm. someone famous, I guess, whatever, that I would, I presumed, I even have had this conversation with my daughters, that you say, hi, it's nice to meet you. I really admire your work, right? Right. Like a normal human. <laughs> Except that I did not do that. I could not speak. I could not bring any words to my mouth. And he was very kind and smiled and seemed perfectly Not happy it. to say hello, but I couldn't do it. So, so if we ever this get summer, to maybe I can redeem myself. If we ever get to interview yes. him, then through the podcast, I'll make sure I'll start out and like elbow you a bunch until you realize, okay, I can breathe, uh, I can speak. <laughs> Uh, I know, because you are you so are a very is... down to earth person. I can't imagine you um, get, being so starstruck, but that's funny. I'm just <laughs> made a fool of myself. Okay, so anyway, that's it. Lee Child, A Midnight Line. If All you right. haven't re- read it, put it on your bookshelf. It's a good, good mystery. All right. And the way he handles food is just as perfect and utilitarian <laughs> as his main character. Okay, I'm blushing. I'm still blushing, oh, so that's really embarrassing. All right. I'm blushing in my guest room in South Dakota where no one can see me. So there you go. All right. So, Christy, yes. take me out of my pain. Tell me what you got. This okay, week. well, I've got a food-filled book, and it is called Hardcore 24, and it's a Stephanie Plum novel by Janet Ivanovich. Oh. Awesome. We kind of did something similar again. Very, very successful writers with huge series. Yes, yes. I mean, she. this woman is so, oh my gosh, she has written so many books. Uh, obviously, I picked 24, Hardcore 24. She named, She has the na- uh, numbers in all the titles of her Stephanie Plum novels. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the most recent, but then it turns out 25 just came out. Look Alive 25 sometime in late 2018 but it's still in hardcover so i i got as recent as i as i could i guess but it was um a fun read she's i don't know if you've read any of her books but it she's just real it's real filled with crazy zany comic kind of stuff as the mystery goes along (laughs) and um and she seems like that type of a person too in her little description on her website when she talks about you know getting into writing um she was all she was artistic and creative and then she decided to be a writer and she started out writing romance novels and so she Hmm. yeah so she um but they she was getting rejection rejection you know so she like burned a whole (laughs) all the rejection letters Went back for work at the temp agency, (laughs) and then um, a few months later, she got a call from an editor offering to buy her uh, manuscript, her last, the last one she had mailed, and it was a romance, and she got a big (laughs) $2,000. When was that, do you think? quit her job, and she started writing romance full-time. Oh, good for her. And, um, I know, and so then... um, and then she decided to move into mystery because she'd written 12 romance novels. This is what I'm saying. She's totally prolific, you know. Wow. So she'd written 12 romance novels and she ran out of sexual sexual positions. <laughs> so she decided to move So she decided to move into the mystery genre. Yeah. Um, so then she's, you know, so I guess she learned about mystery and then she created um, Stephanie Plum, which is a bounty hunter. 
Okay. That's the character. And then her final things were, she says, um, it turns out I'm really boring workaholic with no hobbies or special interests. My favorite exercise is shopping and my drug of choice is cheese doodles. (laughs) I read comic books. I know. And I only watch happy movies. I motivate myself to write by spending money before I make it. And when I grow up, I want (laughs) to... I want to be just like Grandma Mazer, which is one of her characters in the book. So it's it's zany. I, I mean, it's it's like almost like I would think it would set in Florida, <laughs> but it's it's set in Trenton, New, New Jersey, Jersey right? Yeah. Which I guess, yeah, yeah. And a lot of New Jersey people have moved to Florida, so that might explain <laughs> the, the connection. <laughs> I know, right? But there are a ton of food scenes in this book, and uh, but I gotta tell you, the most prevalent food item that is discussed is human brains. What? Yes. No. Because there's, this is the description of the book: brain-eating zombies, headless corpse, corpses, and a wayward fifty-pound boa constrictor named Ethel. Oh, yeah, man. it's pretty much routine week for Jersey bounter hun- bounty hunter Stephanie Plum. So that could just show you. So she does she does eat a lot. I mean, the character eats a lot. I mean, she's not a cook. So she goes like to her mom's house for lunch most days. <laughs> and her mom makes her like meatloaf sandwiches or kielbasa and chocolate cake and cookies and so she's so there's a lot of eating in the book and she also does a lot of ch- takeout. Um chicken from this place called uh, cluck in a bucket. <laughs> That's awesome. It's crazy. I know. And so she and she has an assistant who's an ex ho. That's how an, she's an described. Ex-what? A ho. Ho. I just wanted to hear you say it again. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I heard you. I just wanted she's to a- repeat it. Oh, okay. okay. Um, she's named. Her name is Lula, and she's described. This is her description in the first couple pages. Um, a big chocolate cupcake with lots of frosting. <laughs> and she describes herself, Stephanie describes herself as a croissant with a ponytail. <laughs> so very much a lot of food in this book. I'm talking a ton of it. That's hilarious. But um, I know. And on top of that, so she, they, in the very beginning, they agreed to take care um, of this bell jumping grave robber. That they picked up because that's what she's doing. She picks up, you know, bail jumping yeah. people as a um, bounty hunter or whatever. And his snake's name is Ethel. It's a big boa constrictor. No, see, I'm and out. So he says, I "Oh, do it. I hate yeah. snakes." Well, that's that's interesting because she, so she's she's you know of course going no way I'm not doing this. But he's like, please, please, you know, I'm going to jail. I gotta. And so he says, "Well, it eats roadkill." Or, and she's like, what? And then he said, or fried chicken or pizza, or there's some big rats in the freezer of his trailer. (laughs) I know. But the snake is in a tree when they get him. And so he's like, well, you have to lure it out of the tree with a trail of hot dogs. Oh, my God. To the trailer. I know. So you can just imagine all the craziness that ensues. It sounds absolutely surreal. Yeah. I know. But you know what? To me, the part that, like you said, oh, no, I couldn't do it. And in here, her and Lula are like, no way, snakes, no way. But then at one point, they actually pick up a groundhog that's roadkill. 
and it's leaking something, <laughs> oh, right? No. And they put it in the car to bring to the snake for food. No. Oh. Yes. Now that I could never do. I could never. That is way too gross for me. I mean, I'm, you know, I walk, I took kids on field trips in the Everglades. Snakes don't bother me, especially ones that are non-poisonous and pets. But, oh my gosh, a decaying groundhog in my car. Oh, oh my God. And believe me, it doesn't end well. I'll just say that much. Oh, no, well, don't, don't We're give not going to say what happens. No, but don't give it away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. But I, anyway. I so do love the zany it, character thing. I mean, I just think that's such a blast to read in her books. And it is. Did you it's, receive, it's a lot of fun. Did you ever see the movie? Catherine Heigl was in it, and it was made off of one of her novels. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. and I, Was it I, good? What was it? I thought it was it? hilarious. Oh, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um but she, and I remember the grandmother because Debbie Reynolds played the grandmother. Oh, and yeah. It, she did a really good job of being that zany grandma. Oh, yeah. Like a gun-toting grandma, right? Oh, like, yeah. She, She's crazy. I know. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to check that out. I can't recall. And it's been a few um, years. Okay, uh, here. I'll I, put our I editor on it. it. Yeah. I think there was just one that I know of. It's called One for the Money, and it came out in 2012. And that that must have been her first one, you know, because they are all in the numbers. So One for the Money. So maybe we'll have more in the future. I'm very intrigued by her ability to keep using the numbers and working out titles. I think that's really cool. I know. I know. And now she's already done 25. Um, But I got to say, you know how we were talking like, oh, we should go where our books are. Mm -hmm. I don't think I really want to go to Trenton, New Jersey. (laughs) No offense (laughs) to any of our Trenton listeners. No offense. Well, there is is some redeeming quality because the main character has three apparently described as gorgeous looking men all vying for her attention like she's beating them off right and left so i'm thinking there might be a lot of good looking men in trenton that's not the worst thing i've ever heard Mm -hmm. (laughs) no no and she and she she even goes so far as to describe one of them as um he's smelling like fresh out of the oven gingerbread so food (laughs) so she is a food food writer my goodness Oh my gosh, yes. There's so many food descriptions, so much food. I mean, you know, the, it's not like gourmet for the most part, right. but it's but they do eat a lot and, and, and capture, you know, some of their um, runaways with, you know, promise of food. Or, <laughs> or the snakes. <laughs> and then, of course, we've got the brain-eating zombies running around. So the, uh, You know, it, it's yeah. funny because when you were reading from her uh, website description, the janet's website description she too is not the most highfalutin eater if cheese doodles are on her list so i like that that, that's how her books are too right so she yeah she's just like okay i'm gonna eat fried chicken or Mm -hmm. or she you know she doesn't cook so she'll just be like eating pop tarts when she when somebody's not cooking (laughs) for her (laughs) that's awesome or she's picking up takeout so that's great anyway yeah so it was a real fun read and again it's called Hardcore 24 by Janet Ivanovich, but she has a ton of novels and they're all, you know, pretty much funny, I think. So if you, you know, like funny mysteries. I do like, I like funny. I haven't, I think funny's hard to write. So I think it's awesome that she can do that. I, um, I'm going to put that on my list because I have not read one of her novels for, for a couple years, for several years, I'm going to say. I know. I, I had it been a while too. And I was looking through and I'm like, Hey, because I love funny characters, too. I have a few of those in my books. But, yes, you um, do. 
but not quite as zany as this this one. This was a zany rom. <laughs> well, That's so we'll say. we've got two more books to add to our shelf for each of us and yes. for all our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the wine? Are you pleased with it? Now, you, I know you I do. drink it normally. I'll just say I like it. Do you like it? <laughs> I do. I, yes, I do. It is a common um, wine of choice for me, and I was really hoping you would like it. And uh, Yeah. I like the smell of it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, and it remi- it does remind me of California. Maybe when I was out there, I just drank a lot of the reds. <laughs> yes. I don't know. That sounds great. Yeah, and it wasn't too expensive. It was under $20. Mine was about 16 maybe. Okay, I think mine was less than that. But that's kind of been our uh, Yeah, and I was at the more expensive store when I... <laughs> <laughs> it was at Fresh Market yeah. and not and not Target. I mean, not Target. Yeah, Target might have it too. I don't know, but I was going to say not Publix or regular grocery Does store. Your, do your Targets carry wine? Yes, they do. If they're a super Target. Ours do not. Yeah. We don't have any super Targets in South Dakota. So next time I'm in Minnesota, I'll have to check out. Because, you know, Targets um, originated in Minnesota. And so there You're are. You're kidding. Tar- no, no. And well, you so think you would have them right there. Do you have Walmarts? Yeah. We do have Walmarts, and while our Walmarts carry wine, but our Targets do not in South Dakota. Huh. Interesting. And and maybe yeah. I'll have to check. Hmm. Maybe it's just the I'll... super Targets, because I mean they have yeah. super Targets a lot around here now, and have hmm. the they have all kinds of groceries and things too. So. Well, exciting. We got good wine. We've got good books. Yep. yep. Okay. So I guess that's all for this episode of Game of Books, where we share food, wine, and mystery. If you like listening, then be sure to subscribe to us so you can get our your food, wine, and mystery tips every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. Yes, and check out our Game of Books Facebook page and join our discussion, discussion group to let us know what your productive work environments are or your productive tips of any kind so we can share them yes. next week. This is Kathy. And this is Christy. Saying thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, Bye. everybody. <laughs>